0: All bad things. Tragedy.
1: Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things.
0: Trigger warning for everything possible.
1: What?
2: Hello, I'm
0: Sarah. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. There we go. It only took three takes. Well done. (laughs) Um, Follow us, Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group. Please answer the question or we will not let you in. So Sarah's here. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) And you have been here before. Twice. Yeah. Yes, this a, is your third time. Locusts. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the Russian bath Oh, the bath liquid. liquid. Yeah.
0: Yes. yes. Um, well, okay, yeah. Never mind. I was going to say there's something in common with all of those, but... Not really. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and the one you're doing today, but... <laughs> the one today um, kind of relates. To the bath liquid, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, so in poor taste, I will be asking David, what are you drinking tonight?
1: <laughs> well, I've got a Miller Lite that I'm finishing, and then I'm going to tap into a, once again, a Foothills Oktoberfest.
0: Yes, we're recording this the day after last week's episode where we were drinking the same beer. <laughs> yes,
1: we still have some left.
0: <laughs> yes, and I am drinking the uh, Big Boss Bad Penny Brown Ale. Mm-hmm. A good...
1: Let's try that again? Yeah. Go for it. I haven't had it in a while.
0: We're not driving. mm Don't drink and drive, kids. No. That will be the, uh, I think, not to spoil anything, but I think that will be the uh, <laughs> the lesson learned from today's episode. <laughs> so, oh, so we are, this is the first time we're recording with you that you are not here, though.
2: Yeah, we're close by, but not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been in the same room for a, over quite a six while. Months yeah. Now, yep. We both have people who leave the house and come into contact with other people, so we're just being super duper safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, I leave the house too, but that's true. It's a lot more controlled of an environment. I, uh, when I see somebody in the office building who's not wearing a mask, I literally glare at them. Turn on my heel and walk the other way, disrespectfully, because they deserve it. Wear your goddamn masks. Please, please, please. please. Um, Also, vote only once, as we specified last week, because uh, other people are... Namely, the president is trying to convince people to vote more than once, which is a felony. And please only vote once, because otherwise it's a felony. Um, Vote early. If you can, please vote in person. I know that's a tough thing to be saying right now, but please do if you can and are comfortable doing so. If you vote absentee, see if there's a way to drop off your ballot. Because there are in some places, so you don't have to mail them in, so that's good. And remember, if you abstain from any races on the ballot, you can still vote in other races. So. If you choose to leave anything blank, it's okay voting your local stuff. hmm <laughs> Vote in your local stuff. Local stuff. <laughs> voting vote stuff. <laughs> All right. So, I know what the topic of today's episode is, but David doesn't. I have no idea. Do you have any coy, fun little hints for him? We already kind I, I of su-
1: have. I suck at hints, so.
0: <laughs> okay. That's well, what I, won't hi-
2: I won't hint, but I will ask you if you have seen the documentary there's something wrong with aunt diane
1: i had a feeling you were going to say that but yeah. Yeah, yes i had was
0: that your guess because of mm-hmm. the drunk driving mm-hmm. is yeah. that
1: what it, this is yeah oh okay yeah.
0: so tell us what this the, the what is the title of this topic sorry you cut out there <laughs> <laughs> that's okay same thing what was the question what is the title of this episode? Like, we, we use... We can't call it There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane, because that's a documentary. It's like the Teutonic Parkway uh, yeah, or something. Yeah, they call it
2: the Taconic mm. State Parkway crash in okay. 2009.
0: Okay. So yeah, I was wondering... No, this
1: was 09. I thought it was longer than that. Yeah, longer I thought like ago. 10
0: to 15 years ago, yeah. so yeah. Interesting. When did you think it was? What, what I you thought it was like the
1: early 2000s mm. that this happened.
0: Hmm. 2009. I don't think I remember when this happened. Oh, you have a... Oh, there you go. <laughs> you have a PowerPoint. Nice. I do have a
2: PowerPoint. <laughs> we... <laughs> Being in <an> academia, <laughs> so we do nothing without a PowerPoint.
0: Yes, Sarah, why don't you tell our audience what you've been up to academically <laughs> lately? What prestigious institution do you work at, or would you prefer to leave that anonymous?
2: Um, Somebody left my department and he went to another university and everybody's calling it the other institution. So I don't know (laughs) what we're supposed to say or not say. But um, I am working um, to help track symptoms of COVID-19 at my institution. Yeah, so that's something that's really exciting and important.
0: I took part in a study. With mm-hmm. your institution yep. regarding, mm-hmm. well, we can we can say that you live in Durham and work at a prestigious institution, <laughs> so there's yeah, that. People
1: can just do the math from I there. I think so. Yeah. Um, Durham, North Carolina, that is.
0: Yes, yes. Right, not Durham, England. <laughs> or
1: Durham, New Hampshire.
0: <laughs> there's many Durhams.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Yep. Get but it yeah, out. so mm-hmm. we we do a lot of
2: powerpoints, and um, I will say that my powerpoint's a little more colorful than the general <laughs> academic powerpoint, which is <gasps> do we almost get gifts? Always no. Oh, no. it's it's such a sad story.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't think we want to put gifts in the middle of this well, story for yeah.
0: for love, but for lightening the mood, maybe. Yeah. Okay, but no, I I do not doubt that typically academic powerpoints are relatively dry and that yours are by comparison lovely (laughs) there's somebody honked their horn yeah i'm sorry that's okay
2: i don't have a soundproof booth (laughs) do you not have a comforter to put over yeah (laughs) to put over your door no no this um episode might require a little more editing than normal
1: oh that's okay
0: (laughs) oh I don't do editing. (laughs) Proceed.
2: Anyway. So our story is about the very famous uh, drunk driving accident that happened um, where in upstate New York or... In New York, where uh,
1: it, it is, it is not. Uh, yeah, it, is, it is not upstate New York. I'm
0: sorry. It's that's going to be... sorry. It, so, so that's a, a point of contention for David. <laughs> this is not your fault. It is a, a little bugaboo of his. <clears throat> that... Well, it's it's not well, not
1: just of mine. But I'll, I'll put it this way: as far as the media is concerned, anywhere north of New York City is upstate New upstate. York, and that is just not correct. <laughs> well, the the. It,
2: The documentary interviews a lot of people and a lot of them will say, so we drove upstate. And it's kind of like, I think they mean towards upstate. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. They drove north in the state. So technically that is upstate. It is not. But anyway. Up the state. We (laughs) drove up (laughs) the state. Up the state. (laughs) Um,
2: And she famously drove uh, the wrong way down a highway and (sighs) had a head-on collision. Yeah. Yeah. And had a collision that killed uh, 8 people total. So,
1: um So we we must also include the caveat in this episode though that a, a crime was committed.
0: Yep. But it was it was a crime of negligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh deaths due to drunk driving are like very, I think very few people ever deliberately get into a car drunk. Thinking they're drunk, knowing they're drunk, and wanting to kill people—I would say that the intention true. would be criminal. But I think this counts. I think this one counts. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Just okay. in case anybody was confused, right, by our normal criteria.
0: Right. Further, I think somebody actually suggested that we do this, so I will be looking up who that was. But you can—I feel like I keep saying, "Go ahead. You have permission. <laughs> permission granted." <laughs> Narrator I feel... of the story. feel like this is a rough start (laughs) (laughs) it always is don't worry this is nothing new (laughs)
2: um so i'm not gonna get very much into the oh and so i should mention the documentary so i Uh think that this was a highly publicized case um in at least new york state but also um in 2011 they came out with a documentary about it yeah. uh, from the standpoint of the family of the woman who was driving the car, but they also yeah. interviewed um, witnesses and, yeah, the husband. Uh, they yeah. had a lot of a lot of background information. So if you're interested in kind of like the background of this woman's life or, um, you know, maybe what was happening in her life at the time, that would be a good place to go mm-hmm. um, with the warning that, So I just watched it. I rewatched it this afternoon in in preparation. But Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like the the last 15 minutes where they kind of built up, they were going back and forth in the timeline Mm -hmm. and they built up to the crash. So the crash is, you know, covered in the last 15 minutes of the documentary. Mm -hmm. And it gets pretty graphic. And and at that time, at that point, you know so much about it, that seeing like the reenactment and the, um, description and all of the witnesses who you know they break down on camera it's it's kind of it feels a little rubbernecky, and mm. that is kind of my problem with with things like this where it's not like a, a disaster of a natural disaster magnitude where it's a ton of people that you know how right. to deal with it or whatever this is such a personal case Mm -hmm. Um, and there are survivors, and, you know, they are still out there living in the world, and this is their story. So this is Mm -hmm. hard in a lot of ways to talk about it in the way that you want to talk about it in a way a lot of people online, the sort of armchair detective-y way of talking about it, like, well, she felt this, and she must have Mm -hmm. done that, and, you know, like, oh, it was her husband set it all up, and there's a lot of theories. So um, I just want to talk about the the accident, you know, when it happened, what we know about it, and we can get a little bit into kind of the maybe co comorbidities, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, you know, it. I don't mean this to be a, a sort of a oh look at these this crazy family and right. this is totally <laughs> this poor yeah, family. Well,
0: yeah, I, I, to not be too speculative, I think is good, mm. and also to understand. Um, people are complex human beings who can make really complex mistakes and really complex choices. And it doesn't mean that they are a, quote, good person or a, quote, bad person. It's just things happen. And I, I think, you know, I, I think a, a lot of us are like a lot closer to a horrible disaster than we Maybe we'll ever truly acknowledge, you know, because these things happen to just random people. And any of us could be those random people. And unfortunately, any of us could be the random person who makes a choice that leads to that disaster, too. Like that we're no we're not better than or able to somehow judge this person because of a choice she made one day in her life. But that's what a lot
2: of people want to do. I think in this case, and what the media wanted to do back then.
0: Mm -hmm. But people love a scapegoat.
2: Yes, but let's go back a little bit prior to the accident to the morning of um, where the story kind of. I want to start the story um, where the Schuler family. Daniel and Diane were the parents. Uh they had taken their two kids and their three nieces camping at a place called Hunter Lake Campground in mid state New York. <laughs> is that okay? Or is it still South <laughs> of New York? Um
1: That would be that'd be considered like the southern tier, I believe.
2: The southern, southern tier. Southern tier of New York. Mm-hmm. Like um, the brewery. <laughs> My notes say glamping, so this wasn't like hmm. they were in a tent. You know, they had parked a camper there year That's round. That's
0: Poughkeepsie.
1: Yeah, Poughkeepsie is like yeah. Okay, now I see. Okay, yeah, nah, not necessarily Southern Tier. Whatever, <laughs> Southern New York. <laughs>
2: um, they they kept a camper there year round, and they would drive up to uh, stay at it and fish and boat and whatever. Um, and that morning they had their truck and a minivan and Daniel Schuler and the dog uh, got into the truck and Diane took the kids in the minivan and how
0: many kids I'm sorry you said okay sure there we go there's
2: uh, her two children or their two children Brian who's five Aaron who's two uh, Diane Schuler herself was 36 at the time and she was uh, had her three nieces uh, her blood brothers uh, children Emma Allison and Katie who are eight seven and five respectively so everybody's under 10 years old except for Diane she's
0: 36 right Um, yeah that's that's a little creepy too I think because like the older I get the more I find that things happen to people around my age (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) like I'm turning 36 at the end of this year so basically she was my age had two little kids and then three nieces and especially like this is like oh my god because I might be driving our niece and nephews Mm -hmm. (laughs) around soon because they're moving here and that's just a little bit like because uh, this I mean I now I, uh, uh, yeah okay sorry just complicated feelings um not to professor uh Sarah not to uh point out too many like flaws in your PowerPoint but it does say that Brian was two but you said he was five correct yeah it's a typo yeah <laughs>
2: Sorry. You just look so
0: defeated when you said that. Like, well, yeah, I had
2: seen I it before, and I was like, oh, I got to change it. And then I didn't. Um, but I made this this afternoon, so it is sloppy, it, it, yes. It's, I know. Okay. it's great.
1: It's for... okay. This is a podcast, so anybody <laughs> listening can't see it anyway.
2: That's why I was wondering why you brought it up a little bit, because yeah. nobody else is looking at it. I
1: mean, I noticed it at first, but I was like, there's no point in bringing it up because nobody else can see it.
0: I'm your sister. That's yeah. 36 it. years of this, guys. <laughs> yeah. So uh
2: But it is so like were, she had she had the whole family like yeah, couples, the she Yeah, she had everybody in the car. She had everybody in the car. They were all which together.
0: I, I will say that's a little bit now to be I, I there could be any number of reasons that she ended up with all of the kids, but that does seem a little like why would you send one adult with all five kids at all under ten, all under nine at once? Well, uh, her husband had a, a truck,
2: so he o- only had room for one person, and they apparently had a dog with him. So if he had the dog in the cab, cab of the truck, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. I can see why he wouldn't also want a tiny child
0: with him. Where, where were the parents of her nieces? They were also glamping No, with them? they were not glamping. They were okay. at home. Oh, okay. So they just took the ki- all the kids up yep. for the weekend mm-hmm. or whatever. And now where did they live?
2: I don't remember. I think Long Island somewhere. I think they did oh, live okay. in
0: Long so the Island. the New York City area. Yeah.
2: It's you. kind of irrelevant because she doesn't make it there, so I didn't <laughs> look it
0: up. That's true. Sorry. No, that's okay. That was a good, more, a little morbid. <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. Um,
2: so timeline of the morning, uh, they mm. left around 9.30 a.m., which uh, is corroborated. Oh. It's not in question. They both left at the same time. But the idea was that she was going to stop for breakfast while her husband continued on. And, in fact, we know that she arrived at a McDonald's uh, at around 10 10 a.m. And And this is
0: July twenty sixth, 2009. Okay.
2: And that works out. So if she had left the campgrounds Mm. um, around 9.30, she made it to McDonald's by 10-ish, which is uh, exactly how long it should have taken, right? So nothing is Mm -hmm. going... Out of the ordinary at this time.
0: Yeah, it's just and, just down the road, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: And they have uh, surveillance cameras at McDonald's. They showed the kids playing in the playground, and she had ordered food. Um, a lot of speculation goes on about this time, like what did she order? Why did she mm. eat it? Why did blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, a lot of people are like, I? She ordered orange juice. She must have been making screwdrivers, you the... <laughs> know. So, oh god. Uh, Not a lot of um, uh, information about this time point, but uh, the cashiers said they remembered her and that she was not acting drunk. So it's not like she was staggering around with um, (laughs) a bottle of booze, you know, yelling at people at this Mm -hmm. time. She was just being normal.
0: And and a timeline, I imagine, because you're presenting it so well, is actually kind of part of the crucialness of this case too because yeah
2: yeah the question is when did it fall apart the question is like what what caused this but at the same time like you know Was her husband culpable in that he knew she was drunk and she he let her drive off with a car full of kids, Mm -hmm. you know, that those sorts of questions. So, you know, if he says she acted normal, the campground owner said she acted normal. The McDonald's people said she acted normal. I'm guessing, you know, she's acting normal. It's like, okay, there's nothing that nobody should have pulled her keys out of her hand and said, no, you're not driving. Right. So. Right. at At this point, we're still like, okay, cool. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Um sh- they leave McDonald's after about a half an hour, a little bit more um after having eaten and um they drive to a gas station that is exactly uh super close to McDonald's. So okay. um they're not um they didn't drive a little down the road and then end up at the gas station. Um mm-hmm. the gas station is kind of famous footage because this is mm-hmm. yeah, Yes, you know, I've the, seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Surveillance footage uh, shows her walking, driving up to the gas station, parking at a pump, and then walking out of her car. The kids are still in the car, and she goes into the convenience store. Allegedly, she asks for pain medication so this is kind of the very tiniest seed of the medical emergency theory that we you know will talk about obviously because it's a big part of the defense her defense right. but she just she spends literally 12 seconds in the store so that she walks huh. in she kind of like goes to the end of the front aisle <laughs> and then turns around and talks to the cashier and he says that um she asked for pain medication Curiously, he refused to talk to the police about it. So I don't know where they're getting this pain medication from, but he didn't talk to the I read the accident report and all of the witnesses statements and everything and he the the cashier refused to talk to the police according to the police. He so,
1: might he may have made a statement to the press though.
2: Very very or, possibly. Or the family maybe? Yeah. Very possibly, but it was yeah. not in the original accident report that mm-hmm. I could see. So, yeah. It, You know, if this starts, if it started with a, well, what was she in there for? I don't know. Well, maybe she was asking for pain medication because of her medical Mm. problems. You know, like, I'm not saying she didn't, but I didn't find it official.
0: So that's why you said allegedly, because it is not on record as like an official testimony of any kind.
2: Right. A lot of well, so- things, I had to change a lot of my opinions too while I was kind of researching this because huh. a lot of it was just on Reddit or, you know, yeah. a blog. And you're going like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, man, maybe this, maybe that. And then you, mm-hmm. you find out,
0: no, <laughs> no, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it's funny because I guess really <clears throat> you kind of, because there's no confirmed, official, determined, like uh version of what she said to the cashier she literally could have been it does seem to stand to reason that she was inquiring about something like hey do you have such and such it looks very similar to that i've done that i don't know how many times in various stores you walk in you ask if they have something they don't have it and so you leave but she could have been asking for sunny delight or like a coke or something Mm -hmm. and and he well, he it's said that.
1: Pretty obvious where those are in a convenience store. Well, but what if they were out? Is what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> I know. So. Well, and and
2: then more of what allegedly happened was that the cashier said, "No, we don't sell painkiller." And the mm. police report says that there was no painkiller in the um, hmm. store. I believe. I believe. I can't remember exactly where I read that. And then I also Inner read system. a quote. Wait,
0: so 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 they they don't have this guy on record as saying the police because he wouldn't talk to the police, right, basically? hmm Okay. Which, on one hand, relatively smart move on the cashier's part, depending on his situation, right? But, um... But because the cops <clears throat> specifically took the time to note that there weren't painkillers, that almost seems like they were thinking that that was a possibility.
2: Well, here's where we have to factor in unreliable narrative in the sense mm. that I spent the afternoon reading a lot, and I don't mm-hmm. remember where I read anything. Oh. <laughs> I do remember reading gotcha. that uh, the gas station attendant wouldn't speak to the police. Um, but, like, I can't remember now if the painkiller thing was actually in the accident oh, okay. report. Fair the enough. accident report, like, it's all, it's very publicly online. It's mm-hmm. redact- A lot of the names are redacted, but... Sure. Um, you can you can read it and you can figure that out, like why if they did mention the painkillers or not? Like I honestly don't remember. But, okay, uh, okay. The, well, the story it- the the accepted story is is that she walked in, asked the clerk for painkiller. He said they don't have any, and she walks directly back out and right back into her car. He uh, he's also quoted as saying, "I know for a fact she was not drunk." Hmm. So and I don't know who he said that to. Um, he didn't know as for a fact. I mean, none of right. us know that for a fact. Um, he she knows for a fact she didn't appear She didn't appear. to she him. Doesn't. Like we look at the footage, you can see she's not falling into eye uh, like a mm. display of chips and knocking it over, you know, like a bridesmaid's situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but like for somebody you don't know, like it's hard to judge what that person's drunkenness looks like if they're impaired but not literally falling over
2: mm-hmm. you know and it is the it, it is chilling footage I mean she it's a last moments last hours mm-hmm. of her life yep. it's the last yeah. time anyone um well, you know captured an image of her word of, of her and it's very yeah. you kind of want to see something here you want to see her do something like I I watched it and I wanted to see her like grab a bottle of booze and put it in her purse and walk yeah. out of the store. You know, you kind of want it yeah. to be proof of something. It's really not. It's just twelve seconds of her walking in and out of a store. Hmm. Um. So the next thing that happens is they leave the uh, convenience store and they get back on the road and we kind of lose track of her at this time. Um, the the nothing odd happens about the timeline it's just that we don't have any reports of what's happening right now Mm -hmm. nobody sees her van out of the ordinary we don't have her going through toll booths or anything like that so it's kind of a a little bit of a lost 45 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. where we just don't really know what's going on um the next thing that happens is uh she she calls her brother, so she's got her three nieces,
0: her brother's so what, children in the car. What
1: time is this for the for the audience? Oh, 11:37.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Eleven thirty seven. Right. What I'm yes. saying, but, but <laughs> yes. the audience can't see this timeline. We need to remember timeline.
0: to narrate the. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, yes, <laughs> it's true.
2: <laughs> so the next thing we know is at eleven thirty seven, she calls her brother Warren, Hans, and tells him that she's running late. So she says she's stuck in traffic. Um, but I think at this point uh, the the whole trip should have lasted about 90 minutes mm. so if she left at 9 30 she should be arriving roughly at 11 mm. so yeah I but think she
0: they made the stop to be fair the, they made the, the stop that's stop. true
2: that's very true but she does say that um she's r- gonna be running late because of traffic so okay. but she sounds normal apparently
0: okay. um.
2: I want to so say... he didn't.
0: Warren didn't notice any difference in her, Mm-mm. like over the phone. Okay. Mm-mm. Um. But then. So
1: so just a, a quick recap. Um. They depart the campground at nine thirty, arrive at the McDonald's at nine fifty nine a.m. Leave the McDonald's at ten thirty three. Um. At ten forty six, thirteen minutes later is when her the last known footage of her is in the convenience store. And then at 11.37 is when she calls her brother Warren.
2: Yep.
1: And so now we're at 11.45 a.m.
2: Yep. Um, Around 11.45 a.m., somebody notices that she has pulled over. Somebody notices that a red van Mm -hmm. has pulled over to the side of the road, and there's a woman standing by the van kind of bent over with her hands on her knees like she's being sick. So, apparently, uh, the reason they noticed this is because they noticed that she was driving aggressively. Uh, during this time, apparently, uh, several people noticed. And and I wonder, like, how people's memories are, you know, kind of mm-hmm. they look back and they say, oh, I saw a red van, and oh, yeah, she passed me, and oh, man, it must have been that lady that killed blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and uh, it's not really... I don't know what to say about these things because it's not provable. There's not anything on camera. Um, I think maybe like when you're on a road trip, you know, that feeling that you get where you're like trapped with all these cars and you're all like going down the highway to the same destination and they're kind of like you're in a caravan accidentally and you see the same cars over Mm. and over. Especially if the car is doing something weird, like driving erratically or has a weird bumper sticker or whatever. So maybe that's how come they noticed her. Right. Is because Mm. like she's driving aggressively, apparently. And she's pulling off from time to time to barf, apparently. Yeah,
0: so that's that's an interesting thing, because um, this is the New York area. So I'm not gonna like, necessarily (laughs) hold aggressive driving against anybody as being unusual. Um, I feel like you notice the asshole that cuts you off or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe that's something that made her stand out. Um, But it's. You know, the more I read about like because I read and listen to true crime stuff, you know, about eyewitnesses and memory, it just Oh, it's it's
1: it's almost it's almost completely unreliable.
0: Yeah, well, it it can it sure can be, yeah. you know. And I I read a thing about how like your memory gets corrupted every time you recall something. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're you're kind of, like, without, non intentionally, but, like, you're ch- morphing the story. Your brain is morphing the story that you're telling yourself every time you recall a memory, which makes things like witness testimony where people are saying, you know, what happened again and again, really suspect or at the very least certainly not, like, canon. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, but certainly not without certainly not without holes in the story, and mm-hmm. you know
2: corroboration.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Then maybe, but yeah, I do include it though because at eleven thirty-seven a.m. she's <coughs> telling her brother that everything is fine, right? Mm-hmm. So if this is true, at eleven forty-five she's ill, so mm-hmm. everything is not fine, and mm-hmm. I'm feeling like okay at eleven. Thirty-seven, you'd kind of know if you're gonna be sick.
0: I'm or sorry, I just, was- I just noticed a little barfing emoji <laughs> you put at eleven forty-five. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's fun, <laughs> just a little levity for this horrible, <laughs> horrible accident. So yeah, so like if she was feeling sick at that time, you would think she would have said. Hey, I'm on the road, but I'm not feeling great, so it might be a little bit, Mm because I may have to—I have a migraine. I may need to throw up, or something like that.
2: And then um, the next time point is that at 12.08, her sister-in-law, Jackie, calls her and says she sounds normal. Hmm. So. If she was, in fact, ill between 1137 and 1208, she's still putting up this front for Mm -hmm. her relatives that it's all okay. And is Jackie
0: Warren's wife?
2: Yes, she's the mother of the nieces. Um, So I find that kind of interesting. If the the sickness story is true, she's still trying to put that like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I'm just running late. Don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um she passes through something called the Harriman toll booth um at 12:14 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um Google mapping it kind of shows that from the gas station um it should have taken about an hour to get to the Harriman toll booth and nothing um specific happens there other than um people saw her and she's on record as having been there so right. that's not in question.
0: Yeah, toll booths mark exact times, mm-hmm. so. Um,
2: and then, apparently, she stopped somewhere at twelve thirty. Um, the The story, according to witnesses, is that she was continuing to drive aggressively, aggressively enough that a couple who was also stopping at the same rest stop that she pulled off at um, noticed that she passed them aggressively like tailgated honked for like a mile down the road honked at them and then got off at the same rest stop and Hmm. they saw they say so they saw her driving aggressively they saw her pull off at the same rest stop that they pulled off at, and then they said they saw her bend over like she was being sick outside of her van also
1: Hmm. so
2: that you know they saw all two of these things <laughs> that we're talking yeah. about happening now, the, the throwing up and the driving aggressively. Um, they went into the plaza of the rest stop. And when they came mm-hmm. back out, um, her van was gone. They, mm. The documentary interviewed them and the, they said that they didn't know there were kids in the car, but they knew mm-hmm. something was wrong. So like their, <clears throat> you know, little spidey senses were tingling <laughs> and – um, they he, they were obviously very devastated that they hadn't offered her help or, mm-hmm. you know, like, talked to her so that they could see that she was drunk and that there are kids in the car and that they would have made a fuss and stopped her from driving. That's,
0: so So there are now multiple reports of her driving aggressively and pulling off more than once to be sick, to throw up. Yep. So...
2: And yeah, she's you know, now, like, another
0: 15 minutes down the road. It's just from her destination? Mm-hmm. And by the nope. way, isn't she also... Oh, no, down in her... In from her, the toll booth. Um, okay, sorry. Yeah. Last checkpoint.
1: Isn't she also not going um, on the roads that she should be to the direct route to back to her house? Do I remember that correctly?
2: Not at this point. At this point, okay. it's a fairly fairly standard way of going. Okay. But, okay. So she's not off
0: her route. Not you know, for... <clears throat> for the people who felt um guilty not saying something, I mean you're not what like you gonna... under some sort of no. obligation but it's not a terrible idea that if you do see somebody who seems to be in distress and if she was al- if they thought she was alone, especially mm-hmm. to just be like, hey you okay, do you need us to call the na- an ambulance or something? I guess that's just more for. <laughs> I'm not judging them. It's just more for, like, <laughs> it's a good idea to be a good Samaritan, if you can. <laughs> well, and also, yeah, if
1: she's driving aggressively, and, you know, your perception would be, oh, she's acting like an asshole. Yeah, maybe you're you not might... really so charitable. Well, and also, you might be a little worried for your own safety.
0: Yeah? Okay. So... Well, at yeah. the same time, though, she's not
2: a scary-looking person. I have mm. to say that. Like, she is the typical white suburban soccer mom-looking lady. So it's, uh, you know, I don't think that, like, asking her, hey, lady, are you okay from five feet away? She didn't look like she was going to pull a gun. And, I mean, no, we don't want to stereotype people like that, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's not a scary-looking person.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, maybe that's just something to sort of put in our own minds for future purpose. If you see someone who seems to be in distress... It's generally not an awful idea to, if you feel you can safely, just check in on them.
2: So that's kind of a couple steps up the long hill that we're going to climb. This is where things are confirmably strange. Um, The next thing that happens is about 25 minutes later, Diane's cell phone has a wrong number dialed from it. From it, okay. mm -hmm, You can extrapolate what you want. Like, I don't know. I've thought about, like, well, did the kids have a hold of the phone? Mm. You know, like, (laughs) have things deteriorated in the situation at this point that, like you know she can't call she's trying to call like who knows what's going on mm. but um a wrong number was dialed because um a few minutes later they were finally able to connect with the number that they were probably trying to call who was Jackie Hans again the girl's mother
0: okay. and that's um, at 12:59 p.m. mhm and which uh, is which now this now this trip is taking a while
1: a long time yeah
0: yeah, yeah
2: it seems like it things are she's driving to each checkpoint slower and slower Mm -hmm. and taking longer and longer um and it's hard from what i read to get a sense of like here's a transcript of the phone call right so a lot of it's just like she, she talked to diane and the niece and or the niece called or this person said that and that person said this and it's hard to really get a sense of like okay diane dialed the number and she talked to jackie and this is what was said but from what i can tell like Jackie Hans was the one who answered this phone call, and she did talk to Diane, and reportedly, um, Diane did not sound normal. So, oh, okay. F- so this
0: is a point where someone who knows her, mm-hmm.
2: and this the uh, the Hanses is, didn't, is
0: like, okay, something's wrong.
2: Yeah, the Hanses didn't participate in the documentary, so this is kind of the um, cops who are interviewed um, are telling this is what the Hanses said, but. <clears throat> They reported her sounding disoriented and not like herself. And it was a a two and a half minute phone call. And apparently it ended abruptly. So possibly Diane hung up on her or something Hmm. like that. Um, Warren Hance. So at this point, Jackie is talking, is with her husband, Warren, or she's calling her husband, Warren, and she's saying there's something wrong. So Warren Hance calls Diane and Diane answers and apparently is so confused that she's calling her brother, Danny, her husband's name. So Warren Hans knows something ro- is up to and is very upset. And now everybody's uh, obviously upset. Um, apparently they can hear the children crying in the background. And they oh. do talk to the oldest girl um, who says the immortal word, something's mm-hmm. wrong with Aunt Diane, apparently. Hmm. So what time was this that this was the 1259 phone call? This is a kind of an ongoing situation that um, oh, okay. is between 1259 and 110 p.m. Um, she's gone a couple miles east um, and gone through another toll booth and she's gone over a bridge, the Z bridge yes. Z bridge um, and is at a little pull off. Stop, um, either for all or some of this telephone call.
0: Um, oh, okay. She, so she's so gone. she's not in motion at this point when she's she stops. This is, okay. She stops
2: at some point. So for at least part of this um, conversation or ongoing phone calls, she is uh, pulled off. Um, Warren is talking to his daughters, and apparently Diane either doesn't answer or doesn't tell him. But he's trying to get a sense from his daughters where they are so he yeah. can go get them yeah um but it, things break down to the point where uh he 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 calls the police so like my thought was like why is this guy not calling the police does mm-hmm. he know she's an alcoholic and doesn't want a dui and he's just gonna go white knight her or something like that but it's not true um a family friend at this time is given the assignment of calling the cops and, and okay. they do get the cops involved and the cops are trying to like GPS locate. But, um, this is a situation that is already like, we're, we're already on the other side of the hill at this point.
0: Wow. Um, that must've been terrifying for <clears throat> her brother to hear his kids mm-hmm. who are little kids, like eight mm-hmm. years old is the oldest, like clearly articulating something's wrong. dad, and probably like help, <laughs> and and this poor guy must have felt well. That's he he responded correctly, which is getting somebody to call the police. But mm-hmm. that must have been such an awful, helpless, sinking feeling. Like, what is going on, and where are you? Ugh. And he
2: says that Diane told him that she was disoriented and can't see clearly. Oh. So and and apparently uh, the kids were involved with this not seeing clearly thing, too, because when um, the sole surviving child is asked about the incident, he mentions her not being able to see. Wow. So okay. uh, this, again, like feeds into the medical emergency idea. And in fact, mm-hmm. the Hanses, that's what they think is happening. And that's what they call to report. So they call okay. the, or the police are called and are told that it's some sort of medical emergency. <clears throat> their, their sister is having a, a medical emergency, and she's you know, parked on the side of the highway with, their, with the five kids.
1: And she's driving with five kids.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the compounding factor. Yeah. Um, at 1.10 p.m., several wrong numbers are dialed from the phone. So upsettingly, this could be the kids having yeah. a hold of the phone and trying to call for help. Also, upsettingly, Diane might have been trying to call for help and couldn't see to press the buttons. Oh, God. Whatever happens, the phone ends up being left at this stop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. On the side of the road, they have those dividers, and the phone was laid on top of one of those dividers.
0: Oh, man.
2: Um Like a lot of, I I have had a lot of ideas about what could have happened. Like uh, maybe one of the kids left it. Like the kids are are very upset and kids are forgetful and they just leave the phone. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, Diane's intoxicated. She might've left it there by accident. Like, did she (laughs) kind of like set it there and go see us suckas. And it was Mm -hmm. like, did it on purpose a lot. Regardless, it wasn't like dropped out of her pocket. Mm -hmm. It wasn't thrown out of the window it was just no, like was placed lay, there. laid there
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so um not sure it had to have been after 11 p.m right because mm-hmm. numbers were dialed mm-hmm. and by 1 p.m we know that she was uh driving the wrong way down the parkway okay
0: because so, of nine one one calls being mm-hmm. made,
1: the wrong way down an interstate. Yeah. Let's let's make that clear. Where cars are coming at the her, and, she, yeah. uh, and she's—I mean, I'm going to guess everybody's going at least seventy miles an hour, and she's going that same speed in the wrong, wrong direction.
2: direction. Mm-hmm. They don't know how she got from the Tappan Zee Bridge. Yeah, to that's the um, exit that she drove up the wrong way. So. Uh, she could have been driving around residential areas. I don't know that there's much question about it because the time span is so short. So the, mm-hmm. from the time she left her phone to the time she's driving down uh, the wrong way, it, it's only about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything hinky that went on at that time that we could, mm-hmm. Oh, that was the reason why she started doing this. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I,
1: I was, I was thinking that too, when I watched the documentary, I'm like, how the hell did she get on the wrong side? Because going
0: the wrong way on an exit?
1: But usually for an interstate, like it's only gonna take you one way. You know what well, I mean? Well it's... you
0: can't cross like a median because no. there's usually a, a rail, but you can get on to the like, you know all those wrong way signs that they put? Well that those are just signs. You can go up that way. I
1: I you guess don't I was just it's trying to a terrible
0: to... idea, but you can.
1: I guess. I, I don't I was just trying to figure out how the hell you would you would do that, yeah. but I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, she could have made a, a left-hand turn hmm. onto an exit ramp. So, mm-hmm. um, by this time, obviously, people are calling nine one one, and they're like, "I just saw this lady do this crazy thing." Oh um, they're able to uh, see her face a lot of the time, and uh, one person in the accident report reports it as panicked looking. Um, but. A lot of people are just like, look, she had both hands on the wheel. She was staring straight ahead and she was driving fast, but straight. So that was a Hmm. really weird thing about this case is just that she never, you know, um, wove around or like braked. (laughs) They all Mm -hmm. they kind of said a lot of times like, man, I looked in my rearview window and watched in amazement as she never tapped her brake lights. Oh my God. You know, she just um, barreled down the road the wrong way. Um, and
0: didn't hit anybody for a while then.
2: She drove uh, for 1.7 miles up the wrong way. Um, oh my God. Sorry, I don't have the kilometers. Oh, I do. It. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 2.7. 2.7 oh, kilometers we well in the nor- northbound passing lane. So I don't know what that means,
0: like, passing, I'm trying to think. That means on the right side for her, like, she's going up the right side because that would be the left lane, the passing lane. That's what I would think, how I would interpret that.
2: Kind of makes sense of, like, oh, if she thinks she's on the right way, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So, obviously, like, she crashes. She hits a car, um, and then she hits another car. Uh, the that car hits another car, so she hits a um, Trailblazer, which hits a, a Chevrolet Tracker. the The people in the Tracker who are hit like tertiary were not hurt; they they had minor oh. injuries. But the people in the Trailblazer, the three men, were killed, um, and she was killed, and her three nieces were killed. Her daughter was killed and her son was um, terribly injured.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, such a brutal. Yeah.
2: The Wikipedia article says that the children did not appear to be in the car seats or even have seatbelts fastened. And that really upset me because I was like, man, if she's driving around with these kids, like not in car seats and not in seat belts, like that's very mm. negligent. Um, but then, in the mm-hmm. accident report, they mentioned two of the kids were in car seats. So don't believe everything you read on Wikipedia. I don't know if that's something that like you have to remind your audiences, but but don't don't believe it because Wikipedia says the kids were not in the car seats; they didn't have their seatbelts mm-hmm. fastened. Totally not true. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm getting ahead of my. So that was at 1:35 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and just showing a little picture of the highway. Uh, like I said on the documentary, they show, like, everything. They show pictures from the accident. Mm. They show Diane's dead body. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't show the children. And No. <clears throat> uh, At least that. One of the girls uh, lived long enough to make it to the hospital, but she died right Oof. after. Mm-hmm. Um, the son, um, he was the first to be taken to the hospital because he was showing signs of life. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: I, I, I remember the documentary seeing an interview with, with one of the first state troopers that was on scene, and he said, like, pretty much he immediately took out a tarp and put it over the children that he knew. He was like, These children are dead.
2: Mm. That's and why put I put a
1: tarp over them.
2: Yeah, and that's why I'd kind of like recommend skipping the last 15 minutes of the documentary yeah. because it's like yeah. they say they we put sheets o- around the body and they show the firemen are like holding up sheets because at mm-hmm. that point there's enough people who've stopped and are starting yeah. to like take pictures of mm-hmm. the scene and then and they say that like we, we tried to protect their privacy but then they show the dead body on the documentary which is yeah. like ugh.
0: well the well, cops show, were trying to right.
1: protect the- and they show her because she's an adult so yeah. Yeah. I mean I've, yeah they're not going to show the kids
0: yeah. I would hope
1: not I mean, I'm sure there. I'm sure somebody has footage of it somehow, but I, I hope that. Well, never... there are
0: police scene Right, I hope that
1: never scenes. sees the light of day.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, something that I I feel like gets a little bit lost in mm-hmm. the ensuing sure. um, documentary and the the Schulers being so public about the way that they feel, um, mm-hmm. and the fact that the other three victims of this accident were not sort of cherub-cheeked little blue-eyed babies that yeah. it kind of gets a little swept under the rug that three other men lost their lives mm-hmm. and these men had no involvement whatsoever in it they were yep. not related to her they were driving to sunday dinner at their oh. family's house um so i this was a terrible tragedy because of the children i understand that but it's also a terrible tragedy because mm-hmm. of these poor men who work. You know, killed by a drunk driver. It's it's terrible. So just I just want to mention their names, just mm-hmm. so that they don't get lost in the, you know, they're not little children, but they definitely it was a, their own tragedy too. Right. Um, one of the men were was a 49 year old man named Guy Bastardi. Um, his father Michael was 81 years old and in the car too, oh. and they had their friend Dan Longo who was 79. Oh,
0: and they're like. There's something really weirdly tragic about older people dying in accidents cuz it's like it's you know, like you
1: made it this far. Yeah, you're living at like, your little golden years. Yeah. You
0: should be having fun in retirement mm-hmm. and like enjoying yourselves. And then down the road, you die of in your sleep. Like that's a dream, right? That's, that's, but it's not
1: always how it happens. No,
0: and that it's like a father and son, and that poor family like waiting for their loved ones to come to dinner. That mm-hmm. is just horrific. And you're right; they are completely. They were just minding their own business, driving down the road, going to dinner. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: And it she could have. She could have hit twenty other cars before yeah. that, and yeah. it just happened to be. Yeah. Yeah. They were the,
0: it's like this roulette, roulette wheel mm-hmm. so at this point because
2: um you know nobody knows anything at this you know there's an accident mm-hmm. people died they're investigating but obviously life goes on for the survivors and they had a mm-hmm. they had to have their funerals and everything mm-hmm. like that um they had the funerals before they knew the toxicology report mm-hmm. um the documentary shows video from the outside of the wake and it's obviously such a big deal that it looks like tourists are lining up outside of the the funeral parlor with like shorts and t-shirts and taking pictures um the media is obviously covering this big time so um it's it's a big deal, but I think what makes it obviously not what I think, but what makes it a bigger deal, is that five days after the funeral, they um, the police released the toxicology report. Mm-hmm. So oh, what does
1: it say? Where this is I? the
2: actual um, report. Oh, that's yeah,
1: that's right. She had weeders. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, her
2: mm-hmm. blood alcohol yeah. was point one nine. Um, oh God. It, it's really hard to like we want to know how many drinks she took right like Mm -hmm. but she's obviously not pulling up to bars she's not pulling up to bars Mm -hmm. and drinking like a a mixed drink right she's uh, so it's hard to say like she took Mm -hmm. 12 drinks or something like that the Mm -hmm. Emmy who did the actual um, examination says she would estimate it to be about the equivalent of 10 drinks um, for a a woman of her size, mm-hmm. so take take that what you will. Um, right. There was a broken bottle of absolute vodka in the car, um, yeah. seen seen by many witnesses, taken pictures um, by the police at the scene. So she so did have ha-
0: disputed. Yeah.
2: No, um, they didn't find an- anything else. So the 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 alcohol, yeah, they found that, but obviously you notice the other. <laughs> The other letters that look very mm-hmm. familiar <laughs> here, but yeah, she was also I forgot about pot. that part. Yeah, um, I was like, well, maybe, you know, you you want to reach, and you're like, well, maybe like she accidentally ate a pot brownie for mm-hmm. breakfast on her way out to right. the campground, and that's what made all this happen. It's not like that, um, because of the mixture of the chemical compounds and where they found it. She was definitely, definitely smoking it. Oh, um, okay we don't know like you, it's hard to estimate obviously like there's <laughs> probably half the internet is taken up of will, it, will they be able to detect if I smoked two days ago you know blah 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 right um, so I don't know what to say about mm. it other than it, it's pretty high Um. they estimate she probably smoked an hour to 15 minutes prior to the accident
0: oh okay so this isn't like she had a fun last night at the campsite I, I would want
2: more delving and more okay. official information before that you know I uh, the 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 pots like whatever like you can say it compounded the alcohol it mm-hmm. whatever it the point really for me is the alcohol so she's yes. got fair yeah. enough fair enough yeah she's got
1: but if point. she was com- if she was combining the two because a, A blood alcohol level of 0.19 is serious. So to be clear, I'm
0: almost sure that in the state of North Carolina, 0.08. And that's pretty. That's pretty much nationwide. Is the driving limit? Well, we can get into the
2: driving limit. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not
0: saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: By 0.2, you probably should be in the in the emergency room. So that's more of a, that to me says more about how high her blood alcohol level Mm -hmm. was. And then you can see the last ethanol line is six grams in her gastric contents, which means her Mm -hmm. undigested stomach. So Mm. six grams of alcohol is not a lot. It's not even a shot's worth, but she was Mm -hmm. sipping it in a short enough time span prior to the accident that she hadn't yet digested it. And if mm. she was barfing her guts out, if you believe that, oh yeah, she was continuing she
1: w- to drink. The, yeah. Then she wouldn't have been digesting it because yeah. she was literally expelling it, ne- it. Yes, it never got to that that point. Mm.
0: So she, is, so her BAC was 0.19, but she could have actually been drinking even more than that. It's just that some of it didn't make it all the way to her bloodstream because she threw it up.
2: Uh no, this is probably. Oh okay. Mm. If she had, if she completely emptied her stomach when she threw up twice, this is what she's added to her stomach since then. Since then, okay, I gotcha. So the point is, is that she, this wasn't like a a bad hangover from last night. Like there's just no contesting the fact that she was drinking, driving, drinking, driving,
0: drinking, driving the whole way.
1: And possibly smoking.
0: Definitely smoking definitely smoking at some point mm-hmm. and possibly d- d- during all of this. Yeah. Um,
1: Probably when she pulled off. Y-
0: yeah. She I mean, she could have, it could have there. been while she was driving. Yeah. But, and then there, I mean, <clears throat> plus <laughs> it's sort of like the Occam's razor, right? Like the, that there was a bottle of vodka mm-hmm. <laughs> found. So it's not like this is, how did this happen? Like, mm-hmm. This seems pretty straightforward. It seems yeah, straightforward. it's the,
1: it's, the, it's the why.
0: Yes, the the, that, that, the that nobody what can figure out apparently seems to be pretty clear. Mm-hmm. She this was a drunk driving accident. Do you, is that correct? Do you yes. agree
2: with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, at that point, it doesn't matter if she had a lifelong history of drinking. It doesn't matter if this was the first time she had ever drunk alcohol in her life. Um, the decisions that you make under this much influence mm-hmm. are because of the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was definitely a drunk driving incident. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, this upset her family very sure. much. Um, yeah. One of the first things that her family did her husband and her sister-in-law who plays a big part of the documentary, but her mm-hmm. husband hires a celebrity lawyer. So you yes, don't I get into that. that in the documentary unless you know who this guy is, but he is, um, somebody who defends bad people, unfortunately, and as a celebrity lawyer who defends kind of bad people. Um, he's
1: like, he's like in the vein of Robert Shapiro.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, his, he, his name's Dominic, um, Barbara? It, it's spelled Barbara? Dominic Barbara,
1: yes. He um, used to go on, uh, he used to go on Howard Stern show all oh. the time. <laughs> okay. Yes.
0: So he's uh, a pundit, too, kind of. Well, no,
1: he was on there, like, to talk about, um, you know, he couldn't go into the case, obviously, but, you know, he, he was notorious in the New York City area for defending, you know, creeps, basically, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think he plays a bigger part than anyone wants to admit because i do think his at like the lawyer's actions muddy the water a lot with what what proceeds it's under his uh, advice that they get a real shady uh private investigator to like kind mm. of poke around um he I don't know. I, I just get the sense this is a very speculative, but I get the sense that he kind of um, muddies the waters of the investigation a little bit. Hmm. So that that was weird. I think it's weird that you choose him. <laughs> well, yeah, you got a lot d- of lawyers in New York City, and you choose yeah. this guy.
0: I don't. I actually don't. I think anyone involved in a potential litigation should lawyer up like ASAP. So I don't think it was a bad move to lawyer up, but like choose a respectable like <laughs>
1: Yeah, th- this guy was a th- this guy's essentially like a criminal lawyer. And I don't mean like he defends criminals. I mean he's he a is he a is a criminal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um but Daniel Shore Sorry Dominic Barbara if you're listening yeah, let's to this not, that, like let's do, do not, do, libel- do, not su- do not sue me.
1: I'm just going allegedly. I, allegedly
2: He might be in jail. I don't know. <laughs> he, yeah.
1: Allegedly Dominic Barbara is a scumbag.
2: There, there, you go. Allegedly, allegedly. But uh, Daniels and his sister-in-law, like their line that they took, was just that she never drank a day in her life. She was the perfect mother. She Mm -hmm. was the perfect wife. This is all a mistake. the The toxicology report is a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even. It's probably or possibly not even her real results. So this became Uh. very problematic in the very public way that they did it. So they they called a press conference, which is hilarious in the documentary because um, Dominic Barbera gets up there and he's like, this is against my advice. So this shady criminal (gasps) lawyer is like up there going,
0: I don't think this is a good idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's like, He's like, believe me, I've tried it before.
0: Oh <laughs> man! Allegedly. Oh, oh man! So they're going against a shady lawyers. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. But they just—that was the the tact they took, mm-hmm. and they they clung pretty hard to the medical emergency thing that there mm-hmm. there was an abscess tooth, and she was in so much pain that she that. had. She had to, she was self-medicating because that stupid convenience mm-hmm. store didn't have pain medication. And um, it might have been a stroke or she had diabetes when she was pregnant. Maybe she was in a diabetic coma. Um, and then a lot of people like take this and they run with it. Like I was reading a lot of theories. Somebody um offered the theory of, uh, and this is just on message boards, obviously, um, offered the theory of having Brewer's gut syndrome, which is when oh you my eat god, so much sugar it turns to alcohol in your stomach, like this naturally. It is technically oh, a thing. I didn't even know that
1: that was a thing. That sounds disgusting.
2: That <laughs> she just accidentally got into an accident and the vodka bottle broke and she inhaled it. So is actually like inhalation uh, well, of alcohol,
1: uh, not. No. I, I do. I mean, uh, of all because I, I remember in the documentary they do get into the toothache thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I can understand because I went through that before, and I'm not joking. It's probably the worst pain I've ever been in my Tooth entire life. Is
0: notoriously, and bad. I've had
1: I've had separated shoulder, I've had sprained wrists, knees, ankles. All kinds of shit, cracked rib. Um, tooth that egg. that toothache was literally the worst. It, it was unbearable.
0: But did they find anything in the in the post mortem that would indicate she had a tooth abscess? Um,
2: it's so sad to say, but unfortunately her her was head was so say. maimed that they mm-hmm. were unable oh. to tell. Yeah.
0: Oh. Um. Okay, so that's pure speculation, or or she did have an fam- abscess
2: tooth at some point. She was receiving ongoing um, dental care, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and they've said, oh, I saw her rubbing her her mm-hmm. cheek that that week. You know, the two people said that on the documentary, which is kind of like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe, maybe she was having tooth pain. Maybe she drank to self medicate. She mm-hmm. still drank up to ten. Yeah. 10- shots of alcohol and drove Mm. her kids well and her nieces insisting nothing was wrong like she had so many chances to say help me and she Mm. did not
1: and likely smoked weed
2: yeah and during that time um apparently her the shuler side of the family knew that she smoked pot and like that came out like a daniel Schuler's ongoing story as it you mm-hmm. know mutated as of course it did um that yes he knew that she smoked pot she did it occasionally to unwind her his sister was like oh yeah she smoked every day type of a thing and i mean it's such a hot button issue i don't really want to like yeah cover over what really happened I've, so that's why i say for me it's the alcohol like everyone everyone knows this is a bad 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 bad, bad choice that she made yeah Regardless of the pot or not. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people also were like uh, something set her off on the brother's phone call. Like what if the brother was abusing the nieces and she was like upset and she had like taken the nieces with her and she was trying to drive them to safety. Or um, Daniel, the the husband, he does not come off well on the documentary. By the way, no, which is, he doesn't.
1: No. Unfortunately, yeah. I
2: think just his personality. There's nothing, no proof behind saying like he had anything to do with it or drove mm-hmm. her to it or anything like that. Um, he, even his sister-in-law, the wife of his brother, um, you know, kind of says he didn't want kids and he, you know, mm. doesn't like the situation he's in and things like that nothing to say that he had anything to do with it but a lot of people. Right. Are. There're dumb theories and things like that which is um you know like kind of all we have is theories about what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um one of the the biggest questions I think is like was she a regular alcoholic a routine alcoholic? Right. Was she um a day dr- like did she like wake up and drink every day of her mm-hmm. life? Um one of the things that people point to it in the autopsy was that her liver looked normal. So okay. um, and this is when I the first time I saw the documentary, it was something I definitely thought to myself was like, this sounds to me like somebody whose alcohol use escalated so quickly that they didn't know they they didn't have their like uh, with alcoholics, they have their limits, right? They have their plans right. and they have their limits and they have their stages and they're familiar with the effects right Mm -hmm. like somebody who does something like this I feel like might not have been as familiar with their limits and the effects of what might be happening Mm -hmm. so the fact that her liver did seem normal kind of speaks to me like well maybe she this was a recent thing that she had gotten into secretly super duper Mm -hmm. secretly so nobody knew that she was drinking so much, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um, so maybe
0: she was like a developing alcoholic, basically? Like well, just it, that
2: she went from like zero to 60 in like a month uh, or uh, okay. two months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, in the documentary, they show that the documentary crew hires um, one of the most respected M.E.s in the country. His name is Dr. Werner Spitz. You might recognize his name. Um, he actually helped um, examine JFK and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, he testified yeah. at this Phil Spector, O.J. Simpson, wow. and John Benet Ramsey cases. So he's kind of like, um, if you're going to get a medical examiner, wow. <laughs> get him. He's the He probably charges $3,000 an yeah. hour, right? Um, he sits, mm-hmm.
1: sits Probably a t- minute. I'm okay. going to go with $3,000 a minute.
0: <laughs>
2: he sits down with um Daniel Schuler and Jay Schuler who are still like the the whole point of this is that they're pursuing the we want you to say she had a stroke. Like, this is what we want you to say is like confirm with us that she probably had a stroke caused by her abscess tooth and that's what caused this. This is what caused that. And he he sits down with them and he's like look if if that's what you want to think that's fine. The problem is, is that she had so much alcohol in her system. Like he says, no matter what you find, no matter what you explain the alcohol away with the he says this in this direct quote, the question of the alcohol will prevail. So when he says that the question of the alcohol will always prevail, I Mm. think that's really the takeaway from whatever investigation or whatever conspiracy theory that you want to have it's just that um, you cannot contest that she drank so much that she drove the wrong way up an exit ramp and onto a freeway. Like, that is, mm-hmm. those are the facts. Whatever you want to go behind the scenes and say about the families or mm-hmm. why she drank, um, you know, the, all of this. It's just she did, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Is there any... Na- and I, I can stop if this is just going down a Reddit rabbit hole, but if she was witnessed as driving straight
2: mm-hmm.
0: while under such, like a, in the wrong direction, under such an influence of alcohol, it does that not indicate some sort of like tolerance or is that just total speculation? There's no way to know for sure.
2: Well, unfortunately, the speculation that is inevitable is that she's doing it on purpose, which oh, is a whole geez. other issue. Um, hmm. the, the murder suicide idea that she's. Um, but even oh. so, even so, even if you want to believe that, that she, you know, mur- deliberately murdered, which. It's so hard to think about, but I don't – and I don't think it's true necessarily, and I don't yeah. – even if you want to think that and say that she was trying to murder these kids, the the fact of the matter is that she was still so drunk yeah. that she was not <clears throat> making good decisions or, right, oh, yeah. or sane decisions or any um, – voluntary decisions at all right like she was massively well, and, impaired and
1: she was she had that much alcohol in her system in that short amount of time she was most likely blacked out anyway yeah i mean yeah, yeah. i mean yeah I, I don't i'm not sure people understand like i mean it was 0.19 mm-hmm. let's just go ahead and say 0.2 mm-hmm. just for simple math that's a that's a lot of mm-hmm. freaking alcohol And we know that the time span for her to drink that much Mm -hmm. would have been within three hours. Mm -hmm. Right. Like three and a half hours. That's a lot of alcohol to drink in three and a half hours. Yeah. That could kill somebody. Yeah. Alone. Just that. You know. So she was likely blacked out and just kind of in the zone when this happened. Like not even conscious of Mm -hmm. what she was doing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: The, The fact of the matter that she was driving straight... Definitely mm-hmm. bothers people. And th- and that's not in debate. Mm-hmm. Like, every single witness over and over and over okay. again said she was driving pin straight, super fast, both hands on the wheel. Like, we know that's what happened. She never deviated from that even at all. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we saw her swerve or something like that. No, everybody said she drove super fast, super straight, super good, if you yeah. don't count the um, fact that she's going... The- the wrong way,
0: <laughs> and, and the results, and the results. But yeah, you know, it could be also like on some level, her brain was like, "Oh shit, I think I'm drunk. Must laser focus right now on well, the complete wrong thing." <laughs> but yes, and and that was after looking
2: at all of this and going down a lot of rabbit holes. That's eventually like how I kind of concluded what i think happened um so one of the funny things about the documentary and something that everyone stresses about her so her childhood friends her family everyone was that she was quote unquote a private person Hmm. um her for example her best friend her like that was currently her best friend said she would never talk about her marriage with her Hmm. so your best friend and you don't even talk about your primary romantic relationship
1: Hmm. yeah
2: now the best friend might have meant she never said anything bad about her husband that might have been like what she meant but at the same time like it was an an example of she's a private person right her sister-in-law jay who um was played in the movie by edie falco i don't know (laughs) she's such a character right she's so (laughs) funny um she said about her sister that she would never tell anyone that she was going to the dentist or that she was even in pain whatever whenever you asked her how she was doing she would always just say i'm fine i'm fine um Mm -hmm. her husband so when um diane was uh 11 i think 11 years old her mother left the family Mm -hmm. um it's assumed that it's like was with another man and it kind of it Mm -hmm. it it was a bad thing that happened to her early on to Diane early on. And um, her husband said that she wouldn't talk about it. Like she wouldn't talk about Mm. her mother with him. So, Mm. I mean, and these are people that she's very close to. So if you're known for being a private person and as they all talk about being like a great mom and a good executive and uh, all of her kids baby clothes were ironed like she was a very Ugh. in control type a um secretive person and when you are that kind of a person and you're dabbling with and or <laughs> abusing mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol it's definitely something that you are going to want to naturally hide so the fact that maybe her husband didn't ever see her get drunk and maybe okay they knew that she smoked pot on occasion but it was always after the kids were asleep that sort of like secrets can really the the more secretive you are as a person the more likely If you are having a problem, you're not going to tell anyone about it. Yeah. So uh, the fact that they stressed it so much, everyone did over and over again in the documentary. Like, it just seemed like we can assume that she was kind of a secretive person. Mm -hmm. Now, um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, too, a little bit was this: the conception Mm -hmm. of, like, Mm -hmm. the super mom, right? Like, so her husband Mm -hmm. was, like, she was the perfect wife, the perfect Mm. mother, you know she, um everyone said that she was a great mom, this you know wonderful person um and I think it's really a disturbing cultural phenomenon of this like super mom of this yeah. like this is the perfect mother who does all these things, and I've kinda like found a little like picture, a little cartoon of this like mom in yeah. a superhero outfit, and she's got like a broom and a iron yeah. and a baby bottle um and it's It's actually she she has she
1: has five arms actually yeah
2: (laughs) but it is really disturbing and it's something like that i think the reason that this case kind of gripped the media in such a way was the family's defense of she was a perfect mother and a perfect wife and also it allowed us as a culture to be like here's what happens when you are not the perfect mother Mm. and the super mom Mm -hmm. and the mom who's like keeping up with all these things At the same time, the conception of a super mom is a way that we have of suppressing women and a way that we have of keeping them as their primary biological function, right? Like we say, Mm -hmm. you're a wonderful mother, you feed your kids. Like that's what we're saying, right? Like we're saying, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah. You know, you succeed in feeding your kids and not killing them, you're a super mom. (laughs) And it's kind of like, it, it it's hard on women and it's hard for women to boil themselves down to these little biological things of like providing childcare. So I think that, you know, if, if Diane had this conception of herself of like, oh, okay, the super mom, this is what I am. I have my kids and whatever. And she's just kind of like, this is a, it's a struggle to be a smart, take charge sort of like, Um, woman who wants to have a life and she's got these kids and she has to be the mom of the family I think that's very
0: stressful Mm -hmm. yeah No. yeah stressful and also like something I've always found disturbing is that quote mom is even like like we allow it to be such an identifying factor to a person a, somebody anybody's role right like anybody's role in a relationship is allowed to be their like primary identifying feature like and it's off most often I would say with women she's a mom oh she's a soccer mom she's a you know and it's it, it takes away a person's individuality blah 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 I mean I, I'm not mm-hmm. a fucking sociologist I feel like everyone has said this mm-hmm. already so much better than I have but it, it is really disturbing, and then also, anyone who uses the perfect word yeah, <laughs> as an as a qualifier, perfect does not exist. No, and it is always a red flag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always a red flag. Like every true crime story starts with uh, oh. the husband horribly murdering he the wife. He was the he was he the perfect husband. He was the perfect, 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 was the perfect, perfect police officer. Yes, <laughs> they have. The perfect relationship. Those are always like.
1: It's fucking stupid. If
0: you hear somebody think that somebody's perfect, there is something very bad going on. It's
1: like what you said a couple, well, I I guess a couple months ago now, and I never even thought of it this way. It's like, uh, we should probably just stop building statues of people. Yeah. Then we wouldn't have to tear them down because no person is probably worthy of a statue. Yeah. You know, put a statue of like a vague people as like a. as something of symbolism. I think that's fine. Memorials,
0: too, of, like, the dead, I think, are fine with people's names. But, like, yeah, the idea of venerating people. With a statue. Yep. It's just a bad
1: idea. (laughs) It really is. Yeah,
0: so anytime there's the perfect word, the qualifier of somebody being perfect, that is almost a, I think it's a dead giveaway that something's really wrong. Yeah.
1: I think it's a dead giveaway that somebody's smoking weed and drinking absolute yep. vodka when nobody's watching. To
0: try and, like, keep <laughs> up with the you know. expectations. Yeah, it's
2: it's hard to know for sure, like, what she sure. was thinking, obviously. But she was also, it's worth mentioning that she wasn't just a mom. She was um, hmm. pretty high up in this conversation. Uh, a uh, cable vision company, I think it was called. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. some sort of cable company. She's in charge of their um, accounts receivable and collections. Um, oh, so she's
0: a big accounting lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's up in the
2: yeah, and she worked full time. So she did have okay. that stress, the stress of her kids, um, and then the stress of probably you know wanting to keep up this perfect facade because mm-hmm. it was what we expect of mothers right
0: and uh, and living in a, a post 9 11 new york city mm-hmm. like which i'm sure is a, well i just think new york is kind of like a high stress city to live in anyway especially if you're an executive uh
2: i think it's also worth worth mentioning too that she could easily have been an alcoholic um, but we are not familiar with what that looks like in women as much as we are in men Mm -hmm. Um, I think even the women that we do see as alcoholics don't look like her so they they definitely are caricatures of themselves you know with Mm -hmm. the um, flask in the one hand and the cigarette in the other and they're you know like skanky women and things like that that you wouldn't necessarily look at her and be like, "Oh yeah, she could definitely be an alcoholic." Right. Or it's not the the movie version of like crashing through shower doors or, you know, like dr- letting her kids drown in bathtubs and things <clears throat> like that. Like she could have been
0: a really good mother and an alcoholic. Right. Right, they're not mutually exclusive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yep And uh sort of the self-medication of America, kind of like the idea of uh, like it's just something you sort of do. And especially if you're...
1: <laughs> That's going to be on the rise in the next oh, couple of years. Holy shit.
0: Um, and and especially, like you said, if she was a private person, maybe if she were a little more outgoing or whatever in her personality, maybe it would have shown through a little more to those close to her. But it was a little quieter and a little more private to her. And maybe she's just doing it just to cope and to try and keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in my opinion,
2: what happened was that she drank in the morning like she maybe had started doing. She was supposed to take the kids home. She realized at some point that she had drunk and smoked too much. Her brother and his wife talked to her and knew something was wrong. And I feel like at that point in her distorted thoughts, She was like, I can't get caught like this. Hmm. So she was either trying to um, drive around long enough to sober up or Mm. come up with an excuse. But that's kind of like where she was at mentally when this happened. Just the Mm. idea that her brother and his wife said to the police that they didn't know that she drank or used drugs. So Mm. that was something that she was hiding from her own family, not her Mm. husband necessarily, but her brother who she like Mm -hmm. took care of from a very young age after her mom left. Mm. So I think it's probable or possible that she had hidden that part of her to him. And when she knew that he was finding out and that she couldn't hide it, that she just kind of had a little mental break. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe I I, th- I think yeah. that
1: completely makes sense. I think it. I, think I really it does do
0: too. It does make sense. Or even that she. She was consumed in her state Role. with like what do I do now? I think he knows something's wrong. And to a point where she maybe wasn't even paying attention to what Mm -hmm. she was doing, that she didn't, she thought she was getting on the highway exit and then maybe even literally didn't notice that she was going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Cause it, it, like, I'm
1: honestly thinking she's blacked out that entire time.
0: Yeah. That's very possible. I mean, in a really awful way, I almost hope she was for her yeah. own sake, so that it was a, an easy yeah. death for her. It's just absolutely shitty that those kids were clearly really terrified, probably the whole time. Mm-hmm. At least the older ones who knew something was wrong and said as much. Mm-hmm. Um, what the uh, her son survived, right? And he was two five. five. Mm-hmm. He was five, five. years it was
1: old. The two-year-old. Oh, that was the five-year-old. Five. That was my oh, okay.
2: my typo. It was a typo. <laughs>
1: Well, there was another one. There was a. There was a, a two. Yeah,
2: a daughter. that was of a two. Girl. And he
1: he went on to have like a serious brain yeah. disease or or, or a
2: vision. A what happened to him? Brain trauma. He had head trauma, and yeah. it okay. ap- apparently affected his ocular nerve. So mm-hmm. the poor sweet thing, like you see his little eyeball mm-hmm. going all around in his little eye yeah. socket. A poor thing. Oh um he i don't know like you don't know what these people are doing now he's obviously he would be a teenager later teenager um hopefully doing okay
0: yeah
2: as okay as can be uh one of the things the documentary stressed was that he was finally getting therapy
0: Good, which
2: his father was kind of (laughs) like not into so Ugh. hopefully like i said the daniel shuler did not come off well in that documentary i remember that yeah keep it
1: I mean, in he mind just seemed, he just seemed to me as the type of person that's just there you know what i mean like just mm-hmm. there like just <laughs> yeah. not you know nothing. which maybe
0: put more pressure on her in their marriage because she was kind of the one having to run the show
1: well and i got the sense from the documentary too that uh she was almost like his mother too. Mm. I got that sense. They you said know?
2: they said as much. But yeah. but I think like documentaries
0: make caricatures of everyone. Oh, of course. So. Well,
1: there has to well, it's it's a you're trying to tell a story, so you need a narrative.
0: A massively complicated right. story so, by reducing everybody to a character. Right. You can't
1: just throw all uh, we're just going to throw all this out. And you guys make up your mind. That's mm-hmm. that wouldn't be very interesting to mm-hmm. pretty much anybody. You know. So but but just his demeanor and the way he spoke, like I've been around guys like that, and it's just like uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not I'm not saying it's just like uh, they're just there.
0: Oh, that's that's Daniel. Yeah, it's Dan. He exists. Yeah,
2: kind of like the c- complexities <laughs> yeah. of life. Kind of pass them by. They want to be the yeah. rock and in the river of life. It.
1: Yeah, trust me, I'd love to, I, sometimes I would love to be that guy. <laughs> you recognize it because you aspire yes, to Yes, it. Maybe, maybe I'm projecting, maybe that's what <laughs> I'm doing.
2: <laughs> so a lot of uh, lawsuits happened with this mm. case. Um, everybody kind of sued everyone, including Daniel Shuler, um suing New York State for not having good enough signage on the oh, highway. God. I mean... I kind of feel for this guy. Like when we moved to North yeah. Carolina, I did not understand oh. the wrong way signs. North Carolina has this habit of just sticking wrong way signs yes. in the middle of the road. In so the you're, median. you're driving down the street and you just see like 10 wrong yeah, like, way signs. flashing yeah, like, in front Am of you. I going, going like, the wrong what? way? So like, oh, I, I kind of feel yes. for him, but at the same time, like, wow, you are grasping, sir. Um, but I, uh, what happens in all these cases is that Warren Hance, the brother in law sorry, the brother of Diane, the father of the three girls, he gets count he gets sued also because he's uh the owner of the van. So like he's oh, this Jesus. ongoing massacre, oh, legal massacre of like, well, there's another case against this person and you're in there because you're the owner of the van and it's not which, saying like you're you gave her the keys and you knew she was I, you know you're not, he's not going to jail or anything like that but it's you just, just kind get of, swept up in it all Ugh, yeah
1: which makes it even worse because it keeps dragging this thing out yeah and, for, and i'm sure well, some of these lawsuits are probably still pending
2: um <laughs> yeah, all the ones i read about had been settled sealed, oh really okay was Well, good. settlement so i don't know what happened okay. but um he, he and his wife had another child, so he, he, all his family died, he, all his kids. It was all three mm-hmm. girls. That was all they had. Yeah. They were killed in the accident, but um, mm-hmm. two years after the accident, he and his wife had another girl, so they had another okay. baby, which I think is a uh, like a sign, like, you're ready to move on at that point. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they had to seek fertility treatments because she had her tubes tied, so, mm-hmm. like, it was, it was yeah, yep. purposeful. It wasn't like... Mm-hmm. So they made the conscious decision to move on, which I think is good. Okay. Um, the Bastardi family, the family of the three men who died, are mm-hmm. still angry, apparently, that the Schuler family can't come out and say she drunk,
0: drove, and killed people. Yeah, sure like yeah. just take some responsibility like be like yeah we get it we don't know why yeah. we don't know the circumstances but we recognize that this was the, Th- the doesn't reality mean she of was the a matter. horrible monster right yeah. but we understand that this is the reality of the matter that she was drunk and she was driving therefore she caused the accident we are taking responsibility on her behalf or like we understand she is responsible for this
2: uh, so they publicly backed a law in New York State that made driving with a minor in the car a felony. So if a child... Wait, well, if,
0: if you're drunk? If you're drunk.
2: clear To be clear. Yeah. Not yeah. just driving. <laughs> if you get a DUI with a okay. child in the car, it's a felony. Which, I mean, okay. you can go on all day long about how extra penalization of crimes is not necessarily mm. going to stop them from happening. But yeah. that was kind of, like, what they did with
1: the, um... That's fairly well, obvious, you, too. You
0: know, something interesting about that is that they made, you know, honestly, like, I, I understand Crusaders of Survivors because... It it gives you I'm sure it gives you a sense of purpose, something you're shooting for. And to to be specifically looking for a law to be passed, then at least you're like looking not to like nail someone to the wall financially. You're looking to like try and help other people in the future, however distorted it may or may not be. But I find it really interesting that the Bastardi family didn't have any children involved they were looking at the other vehicle mm-hmm. so they actually in a way they weren't looking at their own victims they were looking at the other victims in in the case which is kind of like it, it it's I don't know. It's nice that they were able to look outside of themselves and say, like this, this was a serious thing that happened, not just to us, not just to our family, but to these kids, and uh-huh. that's awful. You know that that's something. Yeah, it's sad, is what it is, but it, you know it's something.
2: The funny thing about the documentary and why I would recommend watching it, even with the kind of sad last few minutes of the documentary, is that each of these people, and I mean every single person. The cops they interviewed, the witnesses, they're all such characters. They're such New York people. <laughs> it's so interesting to see, like, these um, just very New York people on, on the television. Yeah. And I think that they're they're all very sympathetic people. None of them have, like, a mean bone in their body. You're not, like, kind of looking at them in the eye going, like, are you a murderer? Like, a lot of documentaries mm-hmm. are. They're just mm-hmm. – it's a really – they're all very interesting, kind, nice people, and I would recommend watching the documentary. Maybe
0: skipping the last mm-hmm. accident mm-hmm. stuff. Major trigger warnings for the ending of that documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say? You were gonna say. I something. was gonna
1: say uh, there's there's specifically a difference between New York City people and the rest of New York people. But, <laughs> He's just but anyway,
2: all weird about I know, like I think state. I said state, and I'm. <laughs> trying not to say long island people but i think that's what i'm talking there's, about there's there's still a different there's a difference long there island too the yeah. Long
1: yeah there's there's so many different i mean there's like eight different accents in the whole state of new york so that's true. yeah that's like true. where i'm from people you would think everybody's canadian mm-hmm. yeah that's very true <laughs> it's funny
0: when we were recording the episode uh last week's episode which we recorded last night um it was uh, it's the Empire State Building, uh, B-25 crash, and I mentioned uh, Fiorello LaGuardia, and I realized, I'm like, I say LaGuardia. I don't say LaGuardia. I say LaGuardia. And it's because I learned how to pronounce the uh, name of the airport from someone from Jersey. So I'm like, yeah, it's LaGuardia. It's LaGuardia. (laughs) But, oh man... Is that, is that the last slide? I see that we're on only on slide 39 to 40. Oh, the last slide is just the word lawsuits, because I wanted to remember
2: oh, the, oh. Topic of the
0: lawsuits. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well done. Yes.
1: That was a great PowerPoint.
0: Thank you. Yes. It was a beautiful PowerPoint, and a well-told, extremely sad story. Yeah. It mm-hmm.
1: is terrible.
0: Like... I, because
1: nobody, because the thing is, there's no. It will never be final with no, anybody, because no. nobody really knows what happened.
0: Like what led her to drink? Right. Uh, was know, it a toothache? It, was it she an alcoholic? Yeah. yeah. For nothing definitive can be said about no, it. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and you know what? I I I I feel bad for her too, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I I mean, what I I would guess and what I think is that she didn't literally, deliberately, like... I, I would... I, no. I really doubt the whole murder-suicide idea. No, I doubt that, too. Myself. Um,
1: I think she was just...
0: I think she got in way over fucked her head.
1: Up, blacked out, and really didn't know what the hell she was doing. Uh, I mean, the wrong numbers are our clue, too. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, you know? unless it was the kids, which is ugh, even worse. I feel really bad for those kids. I hope her son... Is like leading a nice little teenage life right now, and um, has been able to uh work with his disabilities, you know, and and through all that, and is leading a good life, and
1: and the husband too. The I husband
0: mean, and the and the. Uh, I hope everybody involved will. is leading yeah, a good life, but and, uh, I hope doubt everyone it. Everyone was just able yeah. to it's... somehow find some semblance of moving on. Yeah. But yeah. I. I I don't know how you do that. No, I don't either. I, I've never let's, let's not ever find out. Yeah, yeah. That's what something we all hope we never have to do is figure out how you move on after something like mm-hmm.
2: that. Um, so you can cut this part out if you don't want to keep going. Like, <laughs> we're very far, almost two hours. Something that I would hope if I did something terrible, I would just hope that you didn't look back and say, but it was so unexpected. She was so good. This couldn't have possibly happened. Mm. Like, mm. I think that it's really important that we all realize that, like you said, we're all a couple <laughs> things away from some Psh, doing something yeah. really bad. And none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I know in our family, there are people that are... Um, pretty revered like they're they're passed away now but like Mm -hmm. when they were alive they were apparently perfect like you you couldn't find a person in the world who would say something bad about them and i think about it a lot because i just think they they had their complexities and they were human Mm -hmm. beings and they were Mm -hmm. not perfect and that's okay Mm -hmm. and it's okay you don't have to marry yourself to this they were perfect type of a mm-hmm. a thing so you know if i haul off and like go on a shooting spree and murder 17 <laughs> people it's, it's okay like to, to can, be like, can, we what can look a horror.
1: We can look back on this podcast.
2: Yeah, you can look back and say she <laughs> like said. Like it was <laughs> right there. She was a
0: terrible person. <laughs> but it's okay Don't to worry. think
2: that, you know, like to be like something happened and she did this bad thing. Like that's okay.
0: Don't worry, Sarah. I promise to never tell anybody that you're perfect. I'll say, yeah, she had some issues. <laughs> But you know what, too? It's putting something on somebody, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it it puts pressure on people when you think that they can do no wrong. It's actually really good, even with people that you feel so much respect towards, to also kind of let them know that you understand they're human, too. Mm -hmm. Like, and not just constantly be building them up as something that's impossible to be. Because you never know how how to heart people are taking that and how much it might be adding to their anxiety. It might be adding to their, like a lot of type a people are already really, really hard on themselves and maybe they don't need you putting them on some pedestal too. So yeah, that's, I think that's, that's a good point. Like don't feel like you have to preserve somebody's image. It's okay for people to be people and for people to make mistakes because we all do, and we're all just lucky that we haven't yet made a mistake that kills us or that kills other I people.
1: Shit. I'm definitely lucky on that one. Looking back on some shit that I, I swear, used to do, just even <laughs>
0: driving, there are <laughs> times I space out and I'm like, holy shit, I could have killed myself and somebody else. You know, we're all capable of that. It just because all it takes is a second, let alone like just thinking. Plus, how how easy, like, regardless of whether you're an alcoholic or not, how easy is it for one drink to turn into two to turn into mm-hmm. three? I mean, like, that's not, that's not being a bad person. That's making that's bad choices. pretty, it's, it's, and we are all fully, fully, fully capable of making bad choices any juncture. Mm-hmm. At any juncture. Well,
1: seeing as though it's a Saturday night on a holiday weekend, I'm <laughs> definitely going to be making some of those bad decisions coming up very but soon. But
0: not the decision to <clears throat> no, drive. No, I'm not
1: going anywhere. Mm-mm.
0: You're staying at home. That's right. I'll be
1: on the back porch.
0: There <laughs> you go. Just don't jump off
1: of yeah. <laughs> I could survive that. It's only like a 10-foot fall. but We're I We're not technically I won't, insured I, at I the won't moment. do that either. That's true.
0: <laughs> no, that's. I think that's a very good point. And we'll keep that in. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for having
2: me, guys.
1: Well, shall we wrap it up? I I think... What was... Because I I normally have the research in front of me.
0: Thank you for... uh, Yeah, I remembered the name. Okay, Uh, you can can wrap it up then. I will. Yeah, Yeah, thank you you for uh, Zooming with us. I will... I promise to not just like shove our audio together and put it out into the ether. I will properly edit this one because there's zoom lags and stuff. So I'm sure we're going to have to make up for some of that. But thank you for thank you for researching that, too, because that (laughs) would it's a real bummer. So I'm glad I didn't have to do it. Thank you for taking that on. You're a perfect angel. Sarah we will never say anything less of you.
1: We'll never say anything about your heroin addiction. (laughs) Oh, wait, (laughs) damn it your no, heroin kidding. addiction oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do not presently know of any such thing uh, oh you know what another so sorry totally other random thing if you hold somebody else up on a pedestal then they also can't come to you for help big point mm-hmm. you know so if they have a problem well they they're may gonna not, be less willing yeah they may not confide in you and yes. that's a major failing mm-hmm. on your part so yeah no, don't, so don't just don't be a, be a failure as a human being. The, uh, <laughs> no, don't fail other people. Just don't be a don't, human being. Just don't be. Yeah. <laughs> be a cat. Cats yeah, are perfect. Exactly. In their minds. Cats. That is what happens when you think you're perfect. <laughs> you turn into a cat. <laughs> you're a cat. Yes, you become a
1: felis domesticus.
0: <laughs> so that was the 2009 Taconic. Did I get that mm-hmm. right? Taconic Parkway. Parkway? I'm looking it up
2: really quickly. Oh my god.
0: Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Taconic. Taconic Parkway. Taconic.
0: Taconic State Parkway. Taconic State Parkway crash. Yeah. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. I'm Sarah. And we'll see you next week.
1: Bye bye.